Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Welcome back to the land of bourbon and bad decisions. This is the Relentless Daring Podcast, where we are engaged in the relentless, daring pursuit of truth, justice, and American jackassery. I am your host, Tyler Morgan, and on this episode, we're going to look at something that is very near and dear to me, uh, because I think it's a slap in the face of service members who are engaged in combat overseas. I'm going to be looking at the uh, case of Chief Eddie Gallagher. Uh, he is a Navy SEAL who is currently accused of murder and other war crimes while serving in Iraq. Um, first thing you have to really understand about this is this doesn't fall under the normal uh, trial rules of the civilian world because it is being handled through the Judge Advocate Corps of the United States Navy. That also being said... Uh, there are rules and things that need to really be explained. Um, for instance, in the case of a criminal proceeding, a felony criminal proceeding in the civilian world, uh, prosecutors will convene a grand jury in which they will be given, at which point they will give give the evidence that they have that the accused may have committed a crime and they will put that forward to to the grand jury who will then decide does the preponderance of evidence warrant an indictment for that felony crime uh in the military it's slightly different they do not get the advantage of a grand jury where a group of fellow soldiers of similar rank weigh the evidence, and decide. Uh, the military has what they call an Article 32 hearing in which the prosecution lays out the evidence in front of one officer who then has to sort through it and decide, are we going to do this or are we not going to do this? And at which point, if that one person, that one officer decides that, okay, there is enough here to warrant an indictment for this soldier. Then they go through and they level the charges. Uh, during my time in the service, uh, we had a soldier who we got firsthand experience of what this was like because he was accused of sexually assaulting his roommate. Yes, I said that right, his roommate. Uh, according to military or army regulations, he was transferred out of that unit to his, you know, the sister company being us while the whole article 32 investigation happened. You know, that was, you know, 
him doing interviews with CID, the victim, you know, going, having medical procedures done, giving his testimony to CID or, uh, the criminal investigations division for anyone who does not speak military. But, you know, this went on for a while until after, you know, we were in Korea and then after we'd returned from Korea was when, you know, the article 32 was actually held and then they decide, yes, there's enough evidence here to warrant seeking a prosecution for sexual assault. But anytime the soldier had to go talk to his defense service, yes, he had to be escorted to trial defense services, at which point he was left alone. That way he could have his, have his opportunity to speak in private with his attorneys. And then he was escorted back to the unit. I did this several times in Korea, uh, taking a soldier who was accused, who well, he was arrested for disorderly conduct by the military police, and I was escorting him to trial defense services in Korea. And again, make sure he gets there, wait outside, read a book, play on my phone, whatever. And then when he's done, escort him back to the unit. Well, there are some things going on with this case that raise a lot of red flags about is he is the accused getting a fair shake? Uh, as soon as the so a little backstory, uh, Chief Petty Officer Eddie Gallagher is a member of SEAL Team Seven serving in Iraq. After an engagement with ISIS in which a young man, military aged male, as they as they're commonly referred to, uh, age fifteen to seventeen, was critically wounded on the battlefield. Uh, Chief Gallagher was trained as a medic. He was helping with the treatment of this combatant who was brought to uh, to Iraqi army, whom they were in an advise assist role. And while he was treating him, he was you know, questioned by the Iraqi army. At which point he is accused of having pulled out his knife and repeatedly stabbed this uh, young Iraqi combatant in the neck several times, killing him. And then, just kind of rub it in, holding his re-enlistment ceremony while standing over the body of the soldier. And as he's as graphic as this sounds, um, they said there, there's more to it that I will get into. But he's also accused of uh, shooting a young child with a 50 caliber sniper rifle. Okay, um, you know, and then you know, witnesses report that. The, you know, shot the child and then watched her get up and walk away. I'm sorry. I've shot a 50 caliber sniper rifle. I've seen what it does to a, to an adult. If this child was shot with a 
50 caliber Browning machine gun round from a Barrett 50 caliber sniper rifle. The child's organs would be spread out in a fan for 10 feet behind the body. There would be no getting up and walking away. It's a very, very lethal round, you know, when it comes to the human body. But I said, these are things. uh, There's a lot of backstory on this because part of it is that uh, Chief Gallagher, he is recognized by many people as being a braggart, claiming to, I've killed this many people a day, blah, blah, blah. And from what I can find, uh, especially reading through Navy Times, who have done an outstanding job covering uh, this case, uh a lot of it, it seems to be uh, junior NCOs ser- serving under uh, Chief Gallagher. They didn't like the way he ran things. They did not like that he was you know, a person of many deployments who, with a very strong gallows humor... Uh, they didn't like the way he ran the unit. They didn't like his gallows humor. They didn't like that he was bragging. Uh, the picture that Navy Times paints is that these junior leaders underneath him, in order to sabotage a uh, uh, getting a reassignment from the team to the schoolhouse at Coronado, they came up with this story that he did this, you know, there's, there's helmet cam footage, you know, you can see everything he does. And yeah, it worked just those accusations, uh, because he was working on going from getting promoted from chief petty officer to senior chief petty officer, which if I'm, I don't know Navy ranks at all. That's, I'm assuming a senior chief is the equivalent of being promoted, being laterally promoted from a master sergeant to a first sergeant. But that's neither here nor there. They, but the fact of the matter is, this promotion was canceled. This reassignment was canceled. But as things happen, we push a ball down a hill. It, it's just going to keep rolling, and this turned it turned into a full-fledged NCIS investigation. And NCIS was doing interviews, trying to uh, ascertain what was going on, and interviewing these uh, junior leaders who were like, oh, yeah, 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 we we watched them do it, we watched them do it. But at the same time, other members of that team straight up said, it's like, well, I mean... It was really hectic going on at that point, you know, because, yeah, we were in an attack. You know, we had troops forward. We had, you know, everything that was going on around that Humvee. You know, yes, we saw him treating him. Then we saw that he was dead. We really don't know what happened. 
Well, fast forward, and the Article 32 is held, and he is indicted on murder and other war crimes, and is immediately ordered into pretrial detention. Um, this isn't like the, again, this is one of those points where the military system is not like the civilian system. In the military system, if they feel that a person is a heavy, heavy flight risk or poses an imminent threat to witnesses or to just themselves or the people around them, they can be put into pretrial confinement. Well, in the case of Chief Gallagher, it wasn't just being held in the local Brig. He was actually sent to a military prison with rapists and murderers to be held. And there was a huge outcry, uh, especially from, you know, obviously his wife. And uh, Congressman Duncan Hunter to eventually, eventually got to Donald Trump, who as commander in chief ordered the Department of the Navy you will release him from pretrial confinement. And well, he was held on, he was released, but unfortunately for him, he was not truly released. Uh, his uh, senior commander, the uh, Captain, this is a Naval Special Warfare Group 1 Commodore, Captain Matthew D. Rosenblum, ordered him into a unit pretrial confinement. Um, he is being held at the unit in... Uh, is he... Uh, I don't don't have the base that he's at, but he he's at San, Naval Base San Diego, and you know Captain Rosenblum has said okay he gets he's allowed to possess an iPod Nano, or so he can listen to music. Uh, he's allowed to have any device that connects to the internet or has Bluetooth capability. He's provided telephone privileges to call his immediate family and his attorneys who are also allowed to visit him at Marine Corps Air Station Miramar. But at the, at the same time, uh, they, they make sure he gets his three hots and a cot. He is, you know, re he's restricted to, he has to wear either his uh, Navy duty uniform or his uh, physical fitness uniform. Uh, when he's, does call his when he does get a phone call with his attorneys the duty officer is standing over him and listen listening to the conversation for the 5 minutes that he's allowed to that he's allowed to contact them so he there is so much going on that's preventing him to, from getting the proper defense that he is entitled to um uh there's rumors that even uh, Congressman Hunter has tried to see him where he's being held 
in this uh, extrajudicious confinement at the base, only to be turned away. I mean, if that's true, and a full bird Navy captain is telling a sitting congressman, you know, these part of these civilians who have oversight over the Navy, over the Army, Air Force, and Marine Corps, and the Coast Guard, if he's telling a sitting congressman, uh, no, you're not seeing him, not allowing him to have private meetings with his attorneys, I mean, how is this not, as a naval officer, trying to supersede the direct orders of the commander-in-chief? as well as setting up, you know, the accused for failure at trial. And this is one of the, has to be one of the greatest miscarriages of justice. Um, You know, aside from uh, earlier this week, it was announced that the Navy SEAL accused of murdering a Army Green Beret, well, he's getting a... uh, He's going to plead plead out to where he will get a special court-martial where the worst damage they can do to you is one year of confinement, re- reduction to grade E1, loss of pay, and a bad conduct discharge for murdering a fellow special operator. But again, I digress. Um, with this situation, though, with with Chief Gallagher, like I said, it's going around the, the directors of the commander-in-chief, which I, I hope to hell that there is an investigation done into Captain Rosenblum to prevent him from getting his uh, first star at becoming a uh, at becoming an admiral, and hopefully push him out for conduct un- unbecoming and conduct that is uh, prejudicial against an accused soldier. Because there is no excuse for this. I mean, and the case is so flimsy that that the Navy lieutenant who was the OIC of this SEAL team, when they went in, when they, you know, at the time of the alleged murder, uh, they, they brought up charges under Article 134 of the United of the Uniform Code of Military Justice against Lieutenant Jacob Portier, who is also accused of covering up the incidents. Well, the you know, like I said, the case is so flimsy that uh, military judge Navy Captain Aaron Rugg, when the evidence was put before him. Uh, they he determined that what allegedly happened, the alleged reenlistment over the body of a dead ISIS fighter, 
and you know, accused of taking pictures, accused of trying to cover up. The case was so flimsy that, you know, the things that he was accused of, you know, were determined to be not prohibited acts under Article 134. Now, for anyone who might wonder what Article 134 is, uh, it's under Chapter 10 of the Uniform Code of Military Justice, this is where you have your punitive articles. These are things that you can be tried for, such as dueling. Yes, if you have an if you have an issue with a fellow soldier, and you decide that you're going to duke it out, and whoever walks away is was whoever's right, that is considered dueling under the Uniform Code of Military Justice, and you can be prosecuted for it. But Article Thirty Four, it just says general article. I'm going to read this verbatim. As soon as I get to load here. Quote, though not specifically mentioned in this chapter, all disorders and neglects to the prejudice of good order and discipline in the armed forces, all conduct of a nature that will bring discredit upon the armed forces and crimes and offenses not capital, of which persons subject to this chapter may be guilty, shall be taken cognizance of by a general, special, or summary court-martial, according to the nature and degree of the offense, and shall be punished at the discretion of that court. Period. End quote. So, it was such a flimsy case against the, com- against the commander of that unit that they had to try to get him on the catch-all of catch-alls of the UCMJ. And it, so that makes me wonder, uh, about the, about the, uh, you know, the objectiveness of whatever, uh, whatever JAG officer decided that he was going, or was assigned to the article 32 hearing, for Chief Gallagher, if his commander, they couldn't make anything stick on him in a in the Article 32, how are they going after Chief Gallagher? Uh, so far, um, you know, one thing that's come up. This is a Business Insider reporting. Is that uh, is that Duncan Hunter? has screened footage and has screened this footage with other congressmen from one of the helmet cams of that particular incident. And they're all saying that nothing, nothing he's accused of is on any of this helmet cam footage. And so if there, so that's, you have the word of soldier or of uh, fellow seals who Navy times reports Many of them are uh, are saying no. We're not going to testify. Um, we're going to plead the we're going to plead the fifth if we are subpoenaed and drugged before court martial. You know this 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 goes to show that there is no case. Uh, some of the stuff that's been that has been released. Um, there is. DNA evidence on the knife allegedly used. 
but it's not like the blade is was coated in blood. And <clears throat> you know, it just had some some trace trace DNA on it that, you know, maybe it's had it's come in contact but not necessarily used to inflict bodily injury. You know, um, this is a, this is ridiculous that, you know, this is happening to one of our elite war fighters. The question is real question is why? I I get it. Younger soldiers might not have the same sensibilities as older battle-hardened soldiers who have seen horrible, horrible things, and so their mind just kind of goes somewhere else in order to help process seeing horrible, horrible things. But... At the same time, you know, there there has to be a way that that it can be dealt with because it's going. Oh, we don't like this guy because well, he he says bad things about the people we're fighting who are trying to kill us, and 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 using using that and coming up with a reason to completely destroy a military career. It, it, I mean, it, it says something about the uh, the state of people who are even coming into you know the most elite of elite forces, whether it be Army Green Berets, um, you know the Marine Marine Recon, uh, Army or excuse me the Air Force Parajumpers and JTACs, and and the SEALs. Where do they not have? the the fortitude they not have the battle mind to be able to handle a leader who is you know he's been around he's seen some things and so he's kind of set in his ways and how he handles the stress of combat how are these guys going to react to combat if they stay in for an exceptionally long time and we remain sending our special forces units you know, into Afghanistan, into Iraq, Syria, Africa, you know, wherever around the world we are. I mean, that just really calls into question so much about, you know, the state of our forces. I know when I came in, when I left the National Guard and I went active duty in 2010, the army had lowered standards for enlistment either for new entries or for prior service because they needed the numbers part of the reason why when i went active duty i was given the option of well you can enlist as you know with this infantry recruit contract or you can go back to the couch so that's how i ended up as an infantryman and the same thing goes for the other branches, yeah, except for maybe the Marine Corps. Uh, their standards of 
Can you do pull-ups? Can your head fit in a jar? And do you enjoy the taste of crowns? Uh, that will always and forever be part of their part of their standards. But now we we're getting people in who can't handle the mental rigors. Uh, this can, I mean, we look at how much has gone in, at least in the army, into uh, resilience training to build quote battle mind end quote so that soldiers which I'm not saying that's a bad thing but you know when you have to train soldiers on how to do it deal with stuff like that was that saying about you know their pre-military lives that they cannot handle getting yelled at they cannot handle setbacks they cannot handle not getting promoted they cannot handle receiving non-judicial punishment because they screwed up and you know they have to get their pp smacked you know as a result and then it's and that carries on into the special services these are, you know, we're there because they they don't have their own, you know, special recruitment phase where it's like, oh, that guy over there, I watched him, I watched him murder a puppy. We want him in the service. These are they they have their own selection and assessment programs, and it look they look at do they work well as a team. Are they physically able to hang? And do they have the, the, the mental agility to be able to do what we ask of them? And yeah, you have people who meet that, but they lack, they still lack the maturity. You know, especially in the Army. You, you are in that Green Beret in the Army. You could have been a private for five minutes before you went to, you know, went to SFAS, the Special Forces Special Forces Assessment and Selection Program. And then, okay, you congratulations, you graduated from infantry school, you went to airborne school, you you were selected, they pump you into the pipeline, and you can you complete that pipeline. You've been in the military for all of a year and a half to two years. You know, they, they slap a long tab on your left arm, put a green beret on your head, send you off to a team, and you go from private to sergeant without ever having been through anything other than, you know, the rigors of training and the terrors of the schoolhouse. Whereas, you know, unless, you know, you're coming off of being you know, being in a line unit and having already been through, you know, been through a deployment or two and, you know, embrace that suck. I mean, there's really no way to, really no way to kind of, to really wrap your head around the things that, you know, you do before going into the, you know, special services, but... At the same time, you know, there has to be a better way of 
dealing with dealing with people so that way they can understand that you know so and so has seen stuff he processes it differently you know it, almost like learning how almost like learn how you know to deal with people who have you know autism who you know their functionality is a certain way and you have to learn how to work with them because of the way their brains process the information. The, and I think that's the biggest thing that's, you know, come out of this, uh, you know, come out of the whole uh, Chief Gallagher thing is that it started because, you know, he was a stickler for doing things a certain way. If you didn't do it, his way he didn't you know he didn't you know handle things nicely and he just is the way he handled battle stress that got you know soldiers like you know what we're we're going to prevent him from making more soldiers like him or prevent him from making more seals like him they they engaged in their maneuver they got an investigation started that prevented him from again getting that schoolhouse gig, getting that promotion to senior chief, and then it just snowballed out of control. Chief Gallagher's trial is scheduled to start on May 28th. I will be praying that between now and then, evidence you know, exculpatory evidence that proves that he didn't do anything is shown to the prosecutors and they take it to the, take it to the judge who's going to, you know, preside over this case and get it dropped. I also pray that if this goes to trial, he will be given a fair trial and that he will be acquitted of any and all charges. But at the same time, I already know what this is going to do to his career. I know he's already been in to the point where he is indefinite. However, I do fully see the Navy, in all of its wisdom, doing to him what I've seen the Army do to senior leaders who are cleared of you know, horrible, horrible charges. I fully see him being told, well, it was a good run. You will retire now. So this, this has been a hard podcast for me again, because of the content, because of my experience with the military and seeing how the, the military justice system can work, seeing how it's worked in the past for other people uh thank you for listening to this rant again i ask you all to pray for uh chief gallagher's family and pray for him if you enjoy this podcast uh you find you can find it on apple google play spotify stitcher and Podbean. on on Apple iTunes, be sure to subscribe, like, 
and re- or subscribe, rate, and review. That way you can be discovered by other listeners. Um, check me out on the socials, uh, my personal Twitter page, at Morgan65536, or on the, uh, the podcast side, at Daring Podcast. Uh, if you want, if you want to uh, provide financial support for this, I've just started a new goal on uh, on Patreon. Try to, you know, get some get some equipment so that way a little bit more professional, a little bit cleaner sounding, and you know, better better listening experience for you, the listener. So go to Patreon, search for Relentless Daring, and please become a patron today. Thank you, and as always. Stay relentless. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.